about sex work by sex workers for sex workers i am that strapping young selena and i am high school musical the cory edition the cory edition <laughs> this is a special musical edition and we will all be singing <laughs> and uh we are joined by sandy hi how would you what is your moniker for today the slippery young sandy <laughs> the sandy young sandy <laughs> Sandy cheeks, sexy back Sandy. Yes, Ooh. sexy back Sandy. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, so Sandy and I have danced together. I never reveal my strip club because that's my secret, yeah. and it's our secret together. <laughs> <laughs> so we've danced together, and um, we've known each other for how long? Like mm. maybe like six months. Yeah, maybe almost a year. Maybe almost Once a year. I started dancing there spring of last year. Yeah. Oh, do you want to move your mic up? I started dancing there spring of last year. Yeah. So, yeah, like a year. A year? Oh, God. It's like, I feel like strip club time is like puppy years. <laughs> like a year or seven years in stripper time. Yeah, that's that's... That can be sex worker time. I don't I, know. Honestly, sex worker time. I don't generally. know uh, <laughs> a piece of our industry that like it doesn't move very, very quickly uh, in a short amount of time. Uh, I mean, the lifespan of like a sex worker, like in industry, is like a y- six months to a year. I thought it. I, was, I thought it was like four months. Is like most people like how long they last, and then like a year is really? like whoa, you're you're a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, like, you know, I think for certain people, it's like a very like I need this kind of money, this kind of way right now, and. You know. Yeah, I mean, it like doesn't necessarily lend itself to the longevity, and I think also like a lot of people get in and then they have a bad experience and then they're like, bye, peace. Yeah, which sure. is definitely Good like move. my first experience. Like whenever I first got into sex work, like when I was sugar dating, and it wasn't even sugar dating because I didn't get any sugar out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just me going on dates with older men, hoping that money would eventually happen, but not knowing how to negotiate it. Mm. And that's why it did not last at all. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people go into the industry not like, like not having researched or like uh, listened to sex workers prior to that. They just... I mean, I think people just don't know how to tap into, like, the information or the knowledge a lot of times, especially if you're not in the industry. Like, once you're in the industry, you kind of start knowing people. But before that, it's just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, I think, also just don't realize, like, it's work. It's, like, research and all of that. Like, everyone just kind of goes into it winging it. I mean, which you have to do, but also, Mm -hmm. like... You gotta learn from other people, I think, to a certain extent. You can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think with sugar dating, too, it was like... I mean, stripping, I got to know because I had a community of people to, like, bounce stuff off of. Like, yeah. I could see what people were doing who were successful. Like, I could see what looks were doing well. I could see, like, what money-making strategies were doing well. But with sugar dating, it's like you're totally on your own. 
like escorting going into the streets it's like you know you don't have the same like visual community to be like oh this works this doesn't you know the trial and errors of other people definitely I mean I didn't find community like even because I was like camming and sugar sugar dating without the sugar (laughs) (laughs) and doing those things like for two two years before I found community um which was a blessing and a curse in that like you get to sort of figure out what specifically works for you (laughs) and what really doesn't work for you Mm -hmm. and then you get to come into community and feel like oh Oh, okay, so this is what I was doing wrong the yeah, whole time, <laughs> or like yeah. this is maybe I was moving unsafely in this way, you know. Um, oh my god, yeah. Like, I mean, I was trying to do sugar dating and I didn't have a home. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, like, that's the real thing is like a lot of people go into sex work because they don't have homes. I didn't have a home. Like, I mean, it was it was a different circumstance because it was like an interning thing out in a different city and I just like I needed the internship and I needed to figure out a way to stay up there to to make it happen and so I was like trying to sugar date and hoping I could crash with somebody and that was like super dangerous in retrospect like very sketchy and had a very like sexual assault like situation that's not even how do you a very sexual assault situation (laughs) you know I was sexually assaulted, and so, (laughs) and it was not a good scenario, and somehow I, like, made it back and managed to have a positive experience, but that's, like, not the case for a lot of people who first, like, foray in and have that experience. But I think now, as, like, the internet has grown, as hashtags have been made, or, um, just, like, how invested uh, the youth are now on internet that it'll be a lot easier for them to access that information hopefully or at least some semblance of that information I mean Sesta Fosta has blocked a lot of it um, but I know that for me like at, at least having the internet was helpful to a degree um, but I do think that there are a lot more of these things like this podcast or um, other resources like that where people newer people coming into the industry have like a reference point or have sort of like a person that they're not necessarily directly talking to but Mm. can talk to this the experience you know every episode we begin with a segment we call historical hoes and this week's historical hoe is madame mustache eleanor dumont I got most of my info from Wikipedia and uh, history uh, dot Nebraska dot gov, uh, and it and that's like where we get her famous police report and her incredible mugshot. We will be posting that online. Okay, so Eleanor Dumont arrived in Nevada City, California, in eighteen fifty four capitalizing on the fascination of French women prevalent in the West. However, she was likely born Simone Jules in 1829, possibly by French Creole parents in New Orleans. Shout out to half of my heritage. We are the French Creoles. In Nevada City, California, Nevada City, California, get it straight, guys. She opened up a gambling parlor named uh, Vingette et Une, 
And I don't know how uh, it should be pronounced. I do not speak French. Clover is not here right now, unfortunately. (laughs) Anyway, on Broad Street, she was described as an accomplished card dealer and made a living from blackjack and other casino games. Only well-kept men were allowed in and no women except for her. Reportedly, men admired her for her beauty and charm, but she kept them all at a distance. She flirted, but only to attract customers. Men came from all around to see the rarity of the, quote, woman dealer, and considered it a privilege. The parlor found much success, and she went into business with Dave Tobin, an experienced gambler. They opened up Dumont's Place, which was, a very, which was very successful until the gold started to dry up in Nevada City. And in 1859, she sold the Dumont Gambling Palace and left Tobin and Nevada City. So moving from city to city, she gambled and rebuilt her fortune in over six states. During her time in Bannock, her famous mustache began to grow, after which she was given the nickname of Madame Mustache. She continued to attract crowds as a gambler and had a long-standing reputation for dealing fair. Dumont added prostitution to her repertoire during the 1860s, when she became, or when she first became, the Madame of a brothel. She kept brothels in many of the cities she visited as a gambler. To promote her business, she would parade her girls around the town in carriages, showing off their beauty in broad daylight, much to the dislike of civvies. Oh god, all we sluts out here in broad daylight. It was in 1870 she bought a ranch and some animals in Carson City, and it was there that she fell in love with Jack McKnight, who conned her out of all of her money, and left her in 1872. Her last stop was Bodie, California. One night, while gambling, she misjudged a play and suddenly owed a lot of money. That night, she wandered outside of town and was found dead on September 8th, 1879, of an overdose of morphine. Apparently, content warning, a suicide. But that does sound pretty sus. Who knows what that was about? Um, so, yeah, and that is the historically interesting, amazing life of Madame Mustache Eleanor Dumont. So, actually, today we're gonna have a super micro mini episode. Um, oh, actually, so I got it a little bit confused earlier. The Nebraska history is about our second historical hell. Prisoner number 228, criminal offense, vagrancy, offense location, Omaha Police Court. So the second mini historical hoe is Meg Murphy, a.k.a. Goldie Williams. Now, not much is known about Meg Murphy. She is famous for defiantly crossing her arms and pursing her lips for her Omaha Police Court mugshot. And this is extremely impressive when considering that she had a broken finger and a cut wrist at the time of her arrest on January 29th, 1898. William stood only five feet tall and weighed 110 pounds. And woo, repping short folks, hey, (laughs) shout a. She listed her home as Chicago and her occupation as a prostitute. But Williams is not on census records in Omaha nor Chicago, the place she listed as her original home on arrest record. 
So Goldie Williams arrived to Nebraska, or her arrival in Nebraska remains a mystery. So, uh, yeah, and this picture is absolutely incredible. Like, you know, these old-timey pictures, like, you had to stand still for a whole minute to, like, actually catch something, and she held her face in the meanest, most defiant pucker with a great hat, with a plumage of feathers and other adornments on top. Her arms are completely crossed. She is truly iconic. Honestly, so iconic. Anyway, so uh, that is our Double Down super amazing mini historical hose. Lots of people offering education, like always, like so many different options, Mm -hmm. like who you could go to, like to buy their help. Mm -hmm. I think I wish wish that was something I did a lot sooner because it's like people... Like, most people aren't natural at this. Most people do not have it figured out. So it's pretty cool when someone else has already figured it out and all you got to do is pay them for it. Yeah. (laughs) Makes a big difference. I mean, I think it's hard, too, because, like, I mean, back whenever I was first getting into it, I couldn't pay anybody. Like, that's Mm -hmm. I I could hardly, like, afford peanut butter that didn't have all the shitty additives and stuff. Like, I, I couldn't, truly. I was living off of very little... And so it's like, I, you know, I th- but I do think that the sex work community like allows for that. I think that, you know, sex workers understand people can't always like afford yeah. initially, but maybe they can pay you back later. Or like yeah. there's free information to start off with at the very least. Just because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I talk about people who've been dancing for like five years or whatever. And like there was like nothing when they started. Ten years, absolutely nothing. Whereas I feel like I had, you know... Like, I didn't pay for help for a long time, so I was mostly just doing my own research, and it definitely put me in the right direction, <laughs> at least, but, um... Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Stripper Web, I don't think I would have done yeah. so well as a stripper, and totally. that was a free resource. Stripper Web? Yeah, Stripper Web, I love plugging it, because it's, like, the oldest, like, URL, <laughs> but it's, like, <laughs> it's a website that's just, like every like just a lot of great FAQs about being a stripper like the stuff that I take with me which is like you know um don't leave your like money outside of your site like keep Mm. it bring a purse so that you have it on you all at all times uh keep a lock on your locker and also whenever you're like going to your car or to a bus or whatever just like be aware that you are well in this case they said a woman but a woman alone at night with a lot of money Mm mm-hmm and I thought that, that was just like super useful and they also gave useful tips like don't um be too giving with your time like mm-hmm. only spend like at most two songs with any customer before you try and make your sale mm-hmm. because you'll you know the worst thing is time wasters and I just I mean I would never have thought of that if I hadn't checked that out like I wouldn't have been aware of time wasters you know and then it's just like being in the industry I'm like fuck <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, it is a prevalent issue facing our industry is time wasters. It's the same people who don't pay for their porn um, and just go to, like, tube sites. The same people, like, time wasters. Huge issue. That's a huge issue I found while sugar dating. Yeah. <laughs> such a, but, I mean, like, sugar dating is such an interesting thing where, it like, you are developing a relationship with, like, a person. And so you are putting in, quote-unquote, like, extra time to, like, cultivate that relationship 
but so much of my time doing that, and it was pretty brief, um, was like, was like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of time is just putting in the time. Yeah. To make money at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, Sandy, how did you get into sex work? Um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was like 18. Baby. Yeah. And, um, I was like working coffee, which was cool, but I was also, it was not cool just because I was like really mentally ill and like just could like barely show up, barely do anything right. So I was just like always on the verge of getting fired. And eventually I like my hours were getting cut too. So I was just like, I kind of want to do, I need, I need some quick money, you know? And so I started um, going on dates and stuff. And like the first ones were kind of like a waste of time. How did you find them? I was on seeking arrangements seeking. first. Mm-hmm. Mess. Yeah, mess. Biggest time waster of his time. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> I'm just so lucky I didn't get burned, like, at all, being on there, you know, because it's, like, be real dangerous. But um, but then eventually I had a friend in L.A., and um, she helped me find, like, other sites to advertise on. Um, Which other sites did you Humaniplex start? Humaniplex, mostly. What is it? Humaniplex. Oh, I've never heard of that one. It was, I mean, yeah, I don't know about now. I kind of just, I completely dropped it, like, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just right around Fossa Sesta. It just, mm-hmm. like, ruined it. So, yeah, um, pretty much just that one. But, um, like, there was other ones I tried, but Humaniplex ended up kind of just being, like, the most consistent and best one and where I met the best people off of it. But, yeah, no, I mean, that was sick because... I like, didn't have to do my coffee job, mm-hmm. and um, it just made things a lot easier. And, and I don't know, it was also messy because it just gave me like a lot of money to like buy blow and like mm-hmm. just be self destructive and stuff. So I don't know. I regret that. I regret not like saving my money more. But I was also just kind of only doing it because I was like so, um, just like not having it together. I don't know, just struggling in a lot of ways. I mean, that's super real. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you, like, how many sex workers are just, like, you know, like, major mental health issues and mm-hmm. stuff. And this is, like, a job that is, like, available that people can do sporadically and make mm-hmm. enough money to survive. It's a flexibility. I mean, that's, like, priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about everybody else, but, like, uh, as a person who deals with, like, mental health stuff, like, oftentimes I'm staying up anyway Mm. for (laughs) extended periods of time at night (laughs) and so why not make money during that time (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um and make lot like you can make so much money in such a short amount of time um that it just really nullifies like working a nine to five where you're working minimum wage or even below minimum wage at points if you have like really bad managers yeah Mm. and you know, feeling stuck, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So it, it's a bit of freedom. I mean, definitely, and it's like, you know, as a sex worker, we get to, I mean, you know, it's different for everybody, and I'm definitely speaking from a privileged perspective, but, like, we don't have to always work holidays and stuff, and, like, if something bad happens, like, you can jet off and take care of it. 
like you have so much more flexibility than people in other like hourly wage jobs and even salary jobs like to make our schedule to take a break if we need to take a break to you know do what we need to do at the time that we need to do it so yeah I mean that's like pretty dope comparatively so oh oh, go in go oh I was gonna say also like if you're like trans or if you're like uh ex- like your gender expression or your expression period is like alternative in any sort of way like it can it's a you can be that and be a sex worker like there's a, there is a uh, market for you there where like mm-hmm. in corporate america or even in uh um service work that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that can no. be really sketchy can be really really sketchy and not that it isn't sketchy as like a sex worker but like people are seeking you out because of that yeah so yeah that's nice it's just so like i mean it's it's interesting and fucked up that you know restaurants and these things where it it truly is just like you know you're doing like physical labor essentially and like emotional labor like but they they even like have this like bar line of like oh you but you also can't look like this yeah like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> you're like paying like minimum wage or less than a minimum like and you feel like you can have like standards are you kidding me mm-hmm. and they just like make it super trans exclusionary exclusionary like that's just like what the fuck yeah um but sandy so like did you start like immediately going into full service sex work yes um because i never thought i never even wanted to be a fucking stripper like i just i <laughs> it just did not seem like realistic at all um so, yeah, I never thought I was ever going to be a stripper. I just felt like full service was really chill just because you kind of... I feel like I could have more control over my image, um, mm. for one thing. And I don't know, it's, I'm I'm very private, so, like, it's more private, I think, yeah. than, you know, being in a club. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, why it appealed to me, and it was really fast money. It was mm-hmm. just... How did the money compare to like, so now you've worked at a strip club, like we yeah. have worked at the same strip club, it shall not be named. Yeah. But like, how did it compare? And like, what do you think about like the club that we both have worked at? Yeah. So I feel like stripping was definitely like a lot more work. Uh, I think in yeah. the end, I honestly needed to stop doing full service just because it was traumatizing, you know, even though I haven't, I've had a few scary experiences, but nothing like horrible but it's just like over time it wears down on you and so I kind of had to stop full service but um but yeah there was a lot more money with full service you know it's like I can make three times my rent in one day Mm -hmm. you know and like it's a lot harder um working in LA yeah strip club it is um Mm -hmm. I feel like culture here I don't know. It's just like it's a lot of a lot of people I feel like just don't have as much spending money here. So they aren't as generous. Whereas if I, you know, other states I've been to, the money is a lot easier. You know, it would be like, you know, like a night of doing like air dances and you could still make, you know, over a rack just doing that. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, here I feel like they expect a lot more. They're just a lot more grabby, kind of tend to be just more entitled. And and then. And yeah, and then, you know, you're selling lap dances for $50. Like, that is so hard to sell. You have to be yeah. a good fucking salesperson to do that. 
Yeah, you do. I mean, it's definitely like you have to sell something that isn't just a lap dance. It's like, I mean, I always say it's like the experience of you. Yeah. Like you're selling like the primo experience of like, this is what it's like to be with Selena. Like (laughs) during a five minute song or well, two, two, two and a half minute songs. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's rough. I, like, will not deny that, and I definitely, like, switching to just doing out calls, like, I'm still putting in a lot of hours, but it's, like, it's a little bit easier, a little bit lower pressure, and, like, I know that people are there for me, I'm not going to get rejected, like, I'm not going to be, like, people insulting me for little things that they don't like about me, or, like, doing racist shit, because, like, it's my clients, it's people that I've, like, already vetted, and like who I've been seeing, so it's like a different kind of ball game. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I I've never worked in a strip club, but I have been attempting to work in strip clubs for a very long time, and sort of went into go going instead. And mm-hmm. it sounds um, both. Um, it sounds it, it sounds very similar, and yet very very different. Uh, with like go going, they don't touch you most of the time, mm-hmm. um, which is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, like like uh, I think my ideal strip club, like, well y- you know like if people wanted to, they definitely could. But like if if like there were dancers that were like, there's a no zone, like you don't touch over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, um, yeah. I mean, the thing with Go-Go's to me is like that sketches me out is that people are always taking pictures and videos Mm. that 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 is the case. And I never see them generally like they just disappear into whatever. They don't like ask, like, what's your handle? Can I tag you? Like, is it okay? Yeah, because snap it. you're sort of just you you're an ornament to the space. You know, it's not um, like you go to a strip club to go see strippers. You don't necessarily go to a dance club to see go-go's. I mean, unless you're, I mean, I mean some true. people, some people do, I guess, but like the majority of the time, like it, you're set dressing, you know? Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, you're truly, you're right. It is ornamental. Like you're just adding to the atmosphere of the club and it's like strip clubs, like you go for the strippers. Although some men will definitely <laughs> just try to be there for the beer or the sports. <laughs> Too many. Too or many. the hot wings. Yeah, they're like, oh, the food here. Absolutely incredible. I was watching a YouTube channel of people reviewing like Midwestern like uh strip clubs, like leave like reading Google reviews of like oh, strip yeah. clubs. Oh yeah. Is it a uh, beach too salty, water too wet? No, it's not. Okay. But, well that's but, that's another podcast where they read some they read reviews. That sounds <laughs> wonderfully hilarious um but like one of them was like it was just like the hot wings were like going in about like the food at this place and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i cannot imagine like like going into anybody's place of work where that is not the the reason like going to a hospital and being like the donuts were amazing (laughs) yeah like i (laughs) don't think that's really the purpose um but uh it's great 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 for you hopefully you're spending on 
the people who work there as well. <laughs> um, not just uh, not just the hot wings. The hot wings, yeah. but uh, I mean, yeah, yeah it's like. I hope you guys really enjoyed that ASMR can uh. open. <laughs> you want to guess what I'm drinking, viewers? Because you really can't see. You have no idea what we're drinking in here, but it's a delicious treat. And maybe we'll reveal it at the end. It's so yummy. <laughs> if not, write to us. <laughs> yeah, right. Hell in the know at gmail.com. <laughs> I was going to recommend snail mail, but, you know, that works too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know, all of our addresses. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, okay. So Sandy and I have been going a little bit ham online with uh, regards to this whole FKA scandal. Oh, and <laughs> I know Sandy's like deleted their account for just the purpose of not being distracted by social media. Yeah, <laughs> which is very real and very valid, and I would love to do that sometimes. Um, but it is my platform where I make money, so I cannot always do that. But anyway, so I kind of want to get into this a little bit, because <laughs> I've been meaning to. <laughs> get yeah. into it. Get into it. <laughs> so, uh, okay, um, to give everybody a little bit of context, if you have not seen me ranting online, um... Welcome to my rant on a podcast, <laughs> podcast edition. Um, FKA released this video project with We Transfer, and it was called Other Women, spelled other W-O-M-X-N. And, and of course, Corey, your face just now, Wait. the light came on. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Oh, wow. Fuck you, FK Twigs. I might rant, too. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's not even addressing what other women has been used for within the LA community um, and otherwise. Like, uh, But, so, she made this video, and it was, you know, uh, in the write-up, she said something about, like, I want to take a space that was, like, is typically, like, uh, con- run by like male dominance and turn it energy. male energy and turn it into like matriarchal dominance, aka the strip club. And she did this in a strip club in Atlanta. It's like a historical strip club. And she decided that she was like, okay, it's just gonna be women dancing for other women. It's just gonna be us celebrating ourselves, and like it'll be a liberated space. And she didn't just stop there. She invited a black, uh, I think an African spiritualist to lead in some spiritual dancing for the event and had everybody go through some kind of spiritual liberation thing. (laughs) Corey, you look like you're about to pop right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm a pimple. (laughs) (laughs) Sebaceous gland. (laughs) Oh my God. And yeah, so she's just dancing with these Atlanta strippers on the stage, on the pole, of course, doing pole dance, and now, like, it's, like, very much, before, it was, like, her music video was, like, oh, well, it's not about stripping, it's just on a pole, and I happen to be in pleasers, and it has to be a a spinning pole, and it's about my thing, whatever her thing is that she needed to be on a spinning pole in pleasers for. I digress about that one. We're just going to talk about other women. Yeah. (laughs) And I went off because I'm, like, well, one, 
why are you talking about this liberation of this place that isn't even yours? You can't liberate a place that is not yours <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> like, that's just, like, coming in and, like, colonizing, like, you're, like... And then the whole, like, us dancing for ourselves for the first time, it's like, no, that is not the first time. There have always been pop-up strip club events for strippers by strippers. And then the... Th Another thing, why are we calling it other women? Because strip clubs are historically a place where like mixed groups of gender identities have come and performed sex work and performed femininity for money. There is nothing specifically like female or woman about strippers. So that's just a bit of it. That is the tip of the iceberg. I really want to hear what you think though, Corey. <laughs> Well, I mean, copy and paste much. <laughs> like, literally stealing verbatim the language and title of a thing that already exists here in L.A. And I don't know if, like, you've yeah. spoken to that specifically. Yes, Jolene. Jolene. Other women is their, like, tag or... Um, mm -hmm. And... Like, literally, like, the, the the caption or whatever she, like, made for it is... I didn't... I haven't engaged with her content in a while because, like, after she pulled the shit where she, like, went to the club and, like, and, like, took money from strippers, I was like, uh, you know, I don't mm -hmm. need to, like, engage with that anymore. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, like, she just, like, it's so lazy as an artist, you know, and I, at one point, like, growing up, like, I very much, like, had respect for her as an artist. She has a dance background, like, mm -hmm. I appreciate that, like, I appreciated some of her, uh, some of her content and, like, some of the other artists that she brought in, but this is, like, a, it's, it's a thing that a lot of celebrities, I think, do, um, where they get fixated on some niche part you know quote-unquote niche part of society and they just they exploit it yeah for their own mm -hmm. gain um she's rich <laughs> yeah she is rich and she works with really really rich people mm -hmm. and she is not without work right now yeah. <laughs> and she is not um she's not a stripper she's not, she doesn't own a club like if 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 these what like <laughs> If these celebrities really wanted to, like, do something, they would, like, talk to a fucking stripper. They would yeah. talk to a fucking hoe. And they would ask them, what do you need? What do you need? And if that that stripper, if that person, that if that niche part of, that niche community decided to gift her something as a pole class, as a whatever, you can come to our club and, like, be amongst us. Like, that's a different thing. But it's it, that's not how that happened, unfortunately. And it ju and it just further like stigmatizes people who are already stigmatized because if you're telling people that like there aren't these spaces where there are these spaces and like we we are manifesting that as like yeah, <laughs> as, as hoes <laughs> yeah as people in the industry you're treating us like as children it's a, it's a white it, and it, it stems from like white saviorism but like. You know, ho-saviorism, you know. Ho-saviorism, you know? ho for sure. I mean, like, I definitely think that that's where it's coming from, and it is, like, a lot of deeply paternalistic language, you know, like, needing to be liberated. Like, who right. says we're not liberated? This is some of been, has been, I've gotten so many opportunities to do so much liberating work in this work. Then I, then I did, I don't know, I, I studied science. Like, I was going to 
um, uh, you know, develop cancer medication, HIV medication, and not that that can't also be liberating work, but I have found it more, much easier to do the liberating work here than any, than any other industry I've worked in. Mm -hmm. Just because there's so much. Right. There's so much need. Right. And it's like, you know, she can't just like go around and enjoy all of the fun, pretty spinning around a pole, wearing pleasers, wearing sexy like stripper outfits and like not know any history of like what she's doing or who she's interacting with or what the group is and the fact that she like learned pole dancing from a pole instructor right Mm -hmm. and there's elitism in that i think a lot of people now are going to um these pole classes and stuff for like their fitness or for their you know whatever um Mm -hmm. whatever they they think that they're doing and (laughs) (laughs) sorry no tea no shave but like for real like I I don't I you know there's lots of different kinds of fitness that you can do and um this is a particularly you know stigmatized one and maybe you know in ways it has like destigmatized like but sex work but at the same time it's created this like level of, of um classism and elitism where like I most of the strippers I know learned how to pole dance in the club yeah like we couldn't mm-hmm. afford to like take yeah. classes like you know or... fucking, yeah the whole pole dance industry is so expensive it's like not accessible to like most people even to strippers and they had those pole olympics or like pole not pole olympics but like yeah. you know like where they have like these like these uh the competitions, competitions for yeah. for mm-hmm. pole people and most of the people are not coming from the club. And that's so unfortunate because if you've ever seen these people like in the club in Atlanta, in Chicago, in L.A., like you would be your, your mind would blow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? From the amazing like stunts and the amazing artistry that they put into it, all while taking dollar bills. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and like, you know. Taking dollar bills, seducing the seducing people. Seducing them, being seductive. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And like not serving that, a purpose and doing a real job. Exactly. <laughs> but putting on a drag, putting on a drag show. Yes. Like, putting on a show. Like, you know what I mean? It's burlesque. It's everything. And so, it's to reduce it, you you it's so reductive of like what we do as hoes, uh, like it, and I mean that 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 is simply that's generally been the case for marginalized people is that like we're reduced to like this one thing and it's like you're a hoe, mm-hmm. you fuck for money or you, you know yeah and that touch makes men you like for less, money less valuable right mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's even like i've been going off a little bit today about Nicki minaj because <laughs> sorry i'll enjoy that verb um because uh she posted her pregnancy she's like oh, i'm married i'm pregnant pictures oh, she she's yeah apparently she is and <laughs> Didn't um, know that happened. I, yeah, so she, she posted, like, a, a three-part, you know, picture montage of everything. And, like, in three of them, she's wearing um, pleasers. They're, or like, a version of clear heels. Like, they're, they are probably, like, the designer knockoff version of this. <laughs> what do you think, Sandy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just remember she said all that shit about, like, not wanting people to feel like they have to fuck men or something but yeah. she did she said it like not nicely like no that. exactly I she's remember exactly. she's always like talking shit about people who are like having sex for money or having mm-hmm. sex to like 
you know, do better in the industry. I mean, like her whole song, like, I never fucked Dre, I never fucked Wayne, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like, congratulations. Yeah, (laughs) like you had the whatever to be able to not have to do that because a lot of people have to do that. Mm -hmm. No matter how talented they are, no matter, like, how much they can bring, like... Right, and we have lots of examples of it, so... And it's, like, also rape culture, too. It's just, like, why are you, like, you know, shaming people for doing whatever they have to do or whatever they were coerced to do to get to where they are. Like, it doesn't make you better. Actually, the paper I was going to send you that I didn't send you (laughs) was going to be exactly about how, um, you know, there's a lot of overlap between sex workers and people who just fuck with men. (laughs) That, like, like, you know, they're... I mean, it's taught to us, like, growing up, like, you know men are the breadwinners and like women or you know whoever else is not that and Mm -hmm. they are taken care of and um you know when you grow up in a patriarchal society that like treats women as or treats non-men as um as uh items (laughs) um anyway it's like why don't i just take control of that as a sex worker right and you know, their awareness of it or lack of awareness of it could be debated or whatever. But, like, a lot of civilians are practicing the same things that sex workers are practicing. Definitely. You know? I just... I mean, yeah, exchange of, you know, sexual favors for goods, for for financial security, for housing. I mean, everything. Right. Because, like, imagine if, like, if people just stopped having sex with men just imagine it for a day and said no not today you know as as like a whole Uh like they couldn't go out and get out and do whatever they want to do right Mm -hmm. people were to stop i mean there's a there's movies about this in like a a play or (laughs) musical Um, but like you know that like there would be mass upheaval because like it is a tool it's a tool it's a tool yeah it's a tool i mean it's like what we barter with and You know, like, there's nothing wrong with having sex with people for money or for whatever reasons. I mean, Sweetie, sorry, Sweetie, I'm, I always say her name wrong, my bad. <laughs> people are going to be like, it's Sweetie, okay, it's like just spelled funky. But anyway, Sweetie, also, another person with a lot of images of her in stripper heels, also goes on a rant about how, like, you know, just because, you know... Uh, he's paying your rent doesn't mean you need to have sex with him. And I'm just like, okay, like, sure. Yeah. yeah like, who <laughs> asked? Yeah, who asked? It's That's like, a weird thing to... It's random. a fucking weird flex. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I guess people, like women, are trying to say that you can say no like are they empowering i don't know if they're like trying to say like oh you can have your nose you know i think that like comment just like lacks a lot of nuance a lot of like just a lot of some some lacks a lot of nuance Mm -hmm. to to say that who are you what in what audience i'm just confused what audience that statement is for yeah (laughs) but like um I mean, I think it's to black women. Okay. I think it's to black women. And I, I think that is a, I think it's a little tricky just because of like the, the, I don't, you know, cultural, 
um, pressure and, like, sexualization of, like, black female bodies and stuff. Like, I think that there is something there that could be, you know, teased apart a little bit. But I do think it is also, like, not saying enough. And I think it's saying, Mm -hmm. like, something that, you know, has, maybe does more harm than good. Yeah. Because people, like, I mean, we already... It's easier to say, no, I won't have sex for money in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just something that society will reward you for. But, like, choosing to have sex for money is, you know, like, overriding all of the negative stigma and all of that, you know, out of necessity or just, you know, out of your own autonomy to do whatever the fuck you want. Like, (laughs) But it's, like, so funny at the same time how, like celebrities or whoever like will sanitize and repackage the aesthetics of sex workers and completely separate it from getting money Mm -hmm. (laughs) for being about like actual um like power and like being able to reclaim your power you know by getting paid and having taking your autonomy back I guess like that's kind of what really like I I don't I don't want to be going off on FKA twigs. Like, I wish I could like that the art, you know, that Mm -hmm. some of like great or great thinkers and artists are putting out at the time. But it's like when you're going to have like your party, your album release party at Cheetah's and like, you know, not have the typical customers who would be there and bring in your fucking Hollywood people. And, you know, there's a lot of money in that room. How come how come the dancers there very few of them feel like they were paid adequately like if anything if twigs really wants to create like a matriarchal space or whatever a space where people feel empowered that means getting paid yeah that means getting paid what we deserve because it's some bullshit just like how much you gotta fight you know to get a dollar out of some of these guys um, but yeah, it should, it should not have been there. Everyone should, everyone who worked there that night should have gone home with, you know, triple what they normally would Yes. Have. Cause there's everybody a fuck ton sh- of money in that room. Exactly. Right. Everybody should have left with at least like a couple racks. Yeah. Like, and you know least. that they didn't. And you know that people were not making that much money. And for one, it's fucking cheetahs. So cheetahs is already kind of a trash can club to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like they're not like, <laughs> I mean, like it was cool for a while, like, because it was one of, like, the alt-girl clubs, quote-unquote, girl, G-U-R-L, or whatever, just, like, fucking, I say girls in relation to strip clubs because we all have to pretend to be girls. Yeah, right. that's what, that's what, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, even if you're a grown woman, no matter what yeah. you are, if you're a whole-ass man, like, you're still gonna be called a girl, so yeah. it doesn't matter. You can be a whole-ass man and still be called a girl. <laughs> like, exactly. And I mean, the other thing with that is, you know, like, like I, I am writing about in this article, like literally the day after every single Cheetah's dancer there was fired. Every single dancer at Cheetah's was fired the night after FKA performed there. And like, that should be fucking stunning. Like if you really cared about strippers, if you really like cared about the space that you're inhabiting and taking up space in... Oh my fucking god. Okay, so I've produced like a lot of events and like generally I, you know, follow and or get to know the people that I'm working with. <laughs> just uh, just just to like just to to yeah. take it to like a, a different level. Yeah. That like generally I, you know, and like we don't always become 
best friends, but, like, we know each other now, and, like, I'll be, like, looking out for opportunities to, like, include them in my further work or, like, whatever, you know? We, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> how could you be so far removed from everything that you didn't, ha- like, connect with anybody who actually worked there enough to know that that happened Yes! Them? And then, even if you did find out, you didn't care. Yeah. Like, you uh, you just didn't care. And you, and she has enough money where she could have bought any of the, She could have bought the club. Yeah. She could have bought the club. She mm-hmm. could have, you know, handed it over to the strippers. I don't know. This is, you know, land yeah. reparations. Yeah. But, and I, no, but that's real. But that's totally real. <laughs> but like, she could have just shared a fucking link of, you know like yeah. you yeah. could do the absolute least and I would back off make a, yes. make a exactly <laughs> an exactly. Ellen style video or you know picture whatever the fuck and then like those people have more opportunities for uh-huh. them like if you're going to just do the opportunities thing which is fucked anyway yeah then that's more than nothing literally exactly literally the minimum would have been to literally post be like it's really fucked up that the strippers at Cheetahs were fired the day after I performed there. Literally, full stop, you would have been fine. You could have fucking gone with a pass. I would not be on this rant right now. I would be like, okay, cool. At least she's saying literally fucking anything. Mm-hmm. But she is not. She has not said anything. And she just posted this, like, other women. So other women is separate from her album drop. So the album drop happened at Cheetahs. That was the Magdalene mm-hmm. um, drop. But the other women happened in Atlanta, I want to say, um, at the Blue Blue Moon or something. Blue Flame. Blue Flame. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, like, she's dropping this. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have been out of work, most of us, since March or around then. Or, like, sporadically been able to work because some states have done some fucked up policies and allowed American people to be in work. But regardless... You know, like, most people are struggling. Most strippers have had trouble getting, like, stimulus money from the CARE package, you know, the CARE Act package. Like, if you're releasing this, like, consider that all of the dancers that you formerly hired are probably struggling right now. Like, you could be like, hey, help the dancers at the Blue Flame. Here's a link to donate. Here's a fucking Kickstarter. I'm FKA Twigs. It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) that's it. It's the bare minimum. It's like, I'm not, this isn't even asking her for money. Right. It's not out of her pocket. No, this is just asking her to say anything. It could have even been a thing that the, the people there had set up themselves and were just like, we'll set it up. We'll do all the labor, you know, just can you post it though? Yeah. Can you, can Can you you post our millions of followers? Can you just let them know that? the place that you're utilizing is struggling yes exactly (laughs) it's just like she does not fucking care or her team i mean it's just i i feel like i don't want to fully blame her because she's surrounded by a team of like really out of touch 40 year old white men that's the nature of the music business like she's completely insulated but she is fucking going to atlanta she is fucking going to california she is in these spaces there is a degree of onus there's a degree of responsibility that she needs to assume as an artist like you can't just let your team autopilot your shit and just blatantly refuse to be like i don't know it just seems like 
politics is like icky like I feel like that's like what her idea is, <laughs> yes. is that it's like I'm just like it's not with my aesthetic to like actually mention how like actually fucked up this industry is when we can just talk about the male gaze and like mm-hmm. and like oh how degrading stripping can be like yeah. like labor labor violations can we talk about that can we talk about yes. like <sighs> I don't know can we talk about anything and it's like and it's yeah. just asking her to talk and it's like <laughs> use her platform I mean use her platform and I mean you know people as low as like Shane Dawson are giving you know <laughs> up their platforms to kids black people <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like whatever. fuck Shane Dawson, but so. like at least, <laughs> like at least he said, "Here's my Twitter account. Do what you want with I, it." I just like I want to. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not comparing the two. They didn't do the same thing, and like mm-hmm. you know, but but and you know, and it's coming from a different place. But still, but still, so and so, and it was normalized for a moment that like celebrities and people were like quote unquote passing the mic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And wouldn't it? Would I? I was just telling somebody I would be a great capitalist if I was a capitalist because, <laughs> like, wouldn't it be great PR to have a sex worker take over your Instagram or whatever? Yes. Like you could pick, and you could pick them, and and like promote whatever they're promoting or like do and wouldn't do it for a fucking week. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be really? Or sex worker. I hope somebody, one of the one of her (laughs) makers, is like listening to me since they blatantly stole. Yeah, they blatantly stole from the culture. Yeah, so uh, you know, somebody, you know, it might be a great opportunity (laughs) for FK Twigs if she gave up her platform to a sex worker that maybe she worked with, maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, to like you know educate the masses about how you know, to do better for black sex workers. Share for a fucking minute. It's like, you don't have to completely de-platform, but like, give a sex worker Sunday. Something like that. Sex worker (laughs) Sunday. Sex worker Sunday. (laughs) It's just like, give us something, because she's literally giving us nothing. And I think also like, you know, I don't, I don't want to completely just target, you know, black female artists because fuck j-lo yeah fuck j-lo fuck constance Wu, and i also don't just want to completely target like only uh women of color because like plenty of white women are up to shit you know been up to shit they've been up to shit (laughs) but i just i think you know like because this is within like our community like it is something that we can speak about and i also do think that like cis black women get away with a lot of shit and they're not held accountable a lot of times and i think i i think it's you know like it's okay as like a i i feel like as a fur, further furtherly as a more intersectionally marginalized black person, like I can criticize black people yeah. <laughs> for, for their lack of awareness about issues that don't affect them. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I and I and I think a lack of critique and movement, right? It stalls the movement because then it's like, what are we? We're just we're just fighting for our own personal sort of like yeah. goals. It's not it's it doesn't become communal in that way. It's yeah. just like it's it's very um, uh, uh, selfish, you yeah. know. 
in whose liberation are you fighting for? Right? Totally. Like, and I mean, it's, it's you know, it's got to be a bottom-up liberation movement. Right. Like, you, you can't have true liberation unless you're starting from the ground up, you know? Yeah. Like, we start with, you know, black, trans, disabled people, and we go up. Right. <laughs> like, that's black, trans, disabled sex workers fucking roll on up (laughs) (laughs) and that's how you know whenever they're free everybody's free right Right. i mean that's just how it has to be and so you know people are like oh why are you getting on to fk like she's just she's a black woman like hasn't she been through enough i'm like you know (laughs) but there there are people in in uh, a similar sect of her society um, one being like Azealia Banks mm-hmm. or um, even Nicki Minaj or like, you know, who have had to face so much more shit. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I I just I don't I really don't have a lot of sympathy for people who have that amount of wealth anyway. Um, but specifically when they can't even see across like in their own field view, um, the ways in which like they might be marginalizing people in their own industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I mean, it's like she didn't have to choose strippers. She didn't have to choose to, like, fucking rent out strip clubs and make this shit, you know, her thing that she does. Like, she could have picked any other thing. I mean, she's already fucking culture vultured, voguing, like, to be real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other topic. Yeah, you know. You know, it's like, what is she doing to promote queer voices in a really fucking loud way? Is she queer? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't, you know, I'm not going to uh, presume anything right. about her identity. You know, maybe she is entitled to voguing. Maybe she is queer. That's fine. I mean, there's, there is a separation between like, like being queer and like, and sort of having an identity that or having a presentation that will uh, uh, potentially inflict more violence upon you because you are queer yeah you know what I mean and like she moves the world like a cis black woman Mm -hmm. so you know it's there is a difference there Mm -hmm. Um, and it's an easier thing for her to do yeah and I mean I do I mean I think that there you know, if you're going to be voguing, you know, just as much as you have a responsibility if you're stripping to talk about sex worker issues. Like, if you're voguing, you really need to be going fucking hard with the trans issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it would be a great, just, again, a really great opportunity. Exactly! <laughs> for her producers, for her music maker, whatever, you know, her team. It's it's like she has this massive market that she's essentially just fucking saying fuck you to. Yeah. Who just wants her to speak up and do literally the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if she just showed up, if she talked about these issues, she would have all of the sex workers on her side, which is a massive amount of people to be clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they see our power, honestly. I don't Yeah, and I mean we also have, like, a pretty big spending footprint if we're getting capitalistic about it, like, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if if you're thinking capitalist thoughts, sex workers have spending power. We are, a, like, a billion-dollar industry, mm-hmm. you know? Like... <laughs> and it doesn't stop. Like, our, um, 
we can continue to, unfortunately, can continue to, well, fortunately, unfortunately, can continue to work during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of us are continuing to make content, continuing to to be able to take out calls, continuing to be able to afford our spaces, um, you know, as opposed to other industries, which are, uh, you know, not necessarily stripping, like, in a club, but you can, but... Yeah, you can and do alcohols, you, you can do private parties. Right. All of these I mean, things. People know. people still want sex you during can do a camming. pandemic. <laughs> camming, nudes, porn, right. continues. Yeah. On. And yeah. a lot of people have been doing camming I know specifically, like you you could do that anywhere. <laughs> you can you can you could do it you know, in a bunker. <laughs> uh, yeah, internet connection, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. So, you know, they're you know, I just untapped things that like people need to think about and care about um yeah yeah. definitely I mean like you brought up so many valuable points just like about you know like as as a person who has experience organizing parties as a person who has experience organizing events like how do you not get to know the The place or the people where you're doing these things (laughs) unless like you are really that self-absorbed because like and it's very hard it's very you have to be very avoidant of the people that you're working because you because if you've ever been to a party do you you see people go up to the to the to the dj booth you see people go right like you Mm -hmm. you see people interacting that's because we're producing the party actively (laughs) and like if you're if you're not doing that then you have people to do that for you which means like you should (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like you're not working yeah yeah. you're just having fun (laughs) generally if you're doing something like that in our industry or uh in the nightlife industry and it just seems like also like the whole concept of this party is really personal. It's like, you know, cultivating a matriarchal space. Like, that seems like you're, you know... There's projection. Projection. There's projection. a lot of projection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of projection. Not to, like, psychoanalyze, but, like, I'm going to psychoanalyze just I mean, a little I bit. definitely do think... I think that this is, like, literally just FKA's, like, personal journey of trying to, like, heal herself and figure out her own stuff and projecting it onto another community like because she just doesn't have her own identity to do it like I think so many people do that right like mm-hmm. I think I, w- I don't know if it was the last podcast we talked about but like how people wish they could live the life that we live mm-hmm. right they see us and they see us dressing in sexy clothing and in fabulous clothing mm-hmm. and wearing beautiful wigs or like having her hair like whatever way going out to fancy things going out to fancy things being able to do athletic shit like yeah. like ride a pole you know what i mean mm-hmm. being able to like i don't know if some if you've seen some the laugh dances that some people can do oh my that God, are yeah. just I I'm I'll be in another room. I could be in another room. I could be just watching it on the internet. I could and I'm like, "Whoa." Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Felt that in my heart. Yeah. Um, you know, the makeup, the there is glamour and excitement in the work that we do and people are jealous. <laughs> people are very jealous of that. Like People are jealous, you know. They want that, but then they want to like I don't know. I feel like it's like at this point gone beyond the point of like asking her to do like the bare minimum because like she's like not her but like her people are like actively like deleting like your comments, mm-hmm. Teddy's comments, like yeah. I don't know. Like actively suppressing it. Um, it's really like 
it feels really malicious. Yeah. Which just means that, like, you know, like, you let your group know. You let your people know that, like, mm-hmm. that's what that is and that's what you can... Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, it's going to catch up to her, you know? Like, I didn't expect for this to, like, go mini-viral. Like, Mm -hmm. I did not expect for so many people to, like, like what I said, repost it, and, like, you know, spread the information around and interact with what I said. Because, like, I was just like, this has been my ongoing grudge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been upset since that video that... FKA made of her on the twig initially, or on the, the <laughs> on the twig, on the, on the flower, spinning on the pole initially in pleasers. Mm-hmm. Like, that already upset me, and I already went on a rant about it, and a lot of people dismissed it. They were like, oh, you're just being sensitive, or like, whatever. You're like, oh, she doesn't owe you anything. Like, why do you do this? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, thanks for not really caring about what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> but now, like, this is you know it's it's gotten a lot of attention and like some people from like bust hit me up and stuff and like i would love to like publish this in bust and then i might have some connection in rolling stones and maybe in pitchfork so like this shit hit it this shit like because you you know those music heads are like "Ah." exactly exactly (laughs) like you know what if she had let my comments be (laughs) this wouldn't have happened if she had done anything the fucking bare minimum none of this would have happened but because it came, became this thing like a silencing campaign that became like actively malicious like this is like snowballing into something that it didn't need to get to like it no. did not need to be this again as a party producer start with the people at your party yeah they're at the at your event and like if if she had just maintained those connections and somebody had her number and said, hey, because really, I think a lot of people would love to just call in as opposed to call out yeah. FK Twigs and be like, hey, girl, what's up? Exactly. What happened? I mean, that's what my campaign has been. It's been like, call in. I have not said she's canceled. I have not put that language out there. Well, I think a call out canceling and all those things have variations to them but definitely like a call in like a direct conversation with that person can like do wonders if Mm -hmm. if available Mm -hmm. right um and unfortunately she did not make herself available in that way to the people that she was working with yeah no she did not she is she has not made herself available and you know she has And I mean, I don't know if it's her. I think her team is suppressing things. Like, I don't think that she is on social media. I think, honestly, Twigs is like, she comes off as a really fragile person Mm -hmm. who, like, cannot handle criticism very well and who is not really accustomed to, like, publicly speaking about stuff in any, like, substantial way. So I don't think that it is completely her. But I do think that, you know, this is your team. Yeah. And then I, I still go back to, like, us is like when I had you as a dancer, like at mommy, I ta- issues. At mommy issues, like I talked to you, yeah. Like, and yes, I was reducing the party, but also we were dancing together, and yeah. like whether I had produced the party or not, I would have talked to you because mm-hmm. we, because <laughs> yeah. we're working together, exactly. You know what? what 
I don't know. And not that you talk to everybody, but you talk to somebody. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, you know, you talk to people and then you follow those people and maybe you check in every now and then, you comment on each other's stories. Like, you develop a relationship. And I mean, like, I had a relationship with you. I had a relationship with some of the other people with mommy issues. It's like, I was coming into a community where I was not, you know, I was, you know, not part of that community initially, but, like, then I started to know people and stuff. And it's like, that's community building right I don't a lot of these think a lot of these people think about like community they think about their money yeah so or people just think oh it's just like a one night thing you know it's like, just dancing ornamental yes it's just the ornamental or- it's just this one time experience the ephemera of the women run strip club by women <laughs> where we all heal and we have this like supplanted you know, voodoo doctor, like, black spiritualist come in with some, like, native religion that we're not really familiar with. We only have a cursory understanding of. I'm, <laughs> so, I could, like, totally rant so about that. But it's like... So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is a, a space called um, Jolene um, yeah. at Other Women there you can support real hoes doing su- real ho shit you can do support real hoes you can support trans sex workers yeah. in a strip club that is for trans sex workers and for the gay community and queer community like yeah this exists that you was like should go highly recommended it's really cool i've i've been to a jolene and it was it was really like just a touching and also like inspiring event and uh yeah know your fucking history be or just like know what's going bitch. on bitch <laughs> <laughs> i should say b i was like i'm gonna finish it bitch know it bitch <laughs> like, why don't you know this yeah well people don't like to do research people don't like people to. don't you don't hopefully those publications follow up because people like need to hear it because like you said like it's like you bring up the thing when she's like just on the flower and it's more abstract or whatever and mm-hmm. people are so quick to be dismissive just because they don't have the foresight to see like exactly where this is going because we've seen this time and time, time again and time again like we've predicted this yeah right. but people want to be dismissive right and say you know you're doing too much you're 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 claiming this for yourself when it's just dancing or art or whatever so yeah i don't know i hope i hope you're able to get you know more of a reach just because it's being it's being actively suppressed i mean the fucked up thing is like a lot of these publications like want to do an interview and then you know like only have their reporter get paid I might have a person for you to talk to. We'll talk about it later, but I might have a person. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's like, I'm trying to work with like, uh, one of my partners and he is, uh, he is in the music industry and he knows everybody by a first name basis Mm -hmm. with these, you know, these various accounts because he, you know, runs, um, creative stuff for a record label. So it's like, he was like, if, if you're, you know, music industry partner can't get you this like then who can and I'm like kinda kinda but it's it's also like it's a difficult time in the industry and a lot of like reporters are not trying to share any of the money because there's a fucking scarcity Mm -hmm. there's a scarcity of jobs and there's like a scarcity like with how many articles are like being published and all of that and 
a lot of people just want to interview and they want to essentially like craft the story according to their stuff rather than you letting me use my own words yeah mm-hmm. and that's another problem yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> that's I just, the problem overall with with um media and um reporting and uh, I, yeah, I don't, I'm getting sad now. No, it, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I got I got really sad because I got like rejected from BuzzFeed, <laughs> which I shouldn't be that upset about. It's fucking BuzzFeed. Yeah, like for this story specifically. For this story specifically, yeah, they were like, uh, they not only said no to it, they also deleted my account because they said that the article was self-promotional. What? Yeah. And I mean, I think it was like in part because I they were like at the asking for pictures, and I was like, Ugh, I guess I'll send some screenshots. But then, yeah, it's like they completely just fully deleted it. I don't even think that they read the article or the pitch or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like how I just don't understand. Like, why? What about this is self promotional? I don't know. I'm... Like, how dare you demand you get paid, dumb bitch? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? So dare so yeah. self-promotional. How dare you talk about a labor violation? Like, how dare you, like, talk about this thing that you may have a stake in as a person who is in the industry? Like, right. you're not allowed to talk about something if it pertains to you. To you directly. Yeah, but... And then you just have, like, these distorted interpretations of, like, what each industry is doing by someone not in that industry, mm-hmm. unless you're a Fortune 500. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. th- Those people get to talk about themselves a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucking Exxon getting to talk about how they're saving rainforests. <laughs> it's fucking laughable, and yet this story is, like... I don't know. I think it's just... I think that there is momentum... I think that I'm connecting to the right people, and I think that it will get out, and I think that fucking FKA Twigs is gonna hear my shit. <laughs> like, to be real, like, yeah. and I, and I just, I think that this can go on, I mean, even, like, I mean, I haven't even gotten into Constance Wu and what she did to, like, one of my homies, I don't know who Constance Wu is. Um, she's in Hustlers. She's in Hustlers. Oh, and that's why. I, I dissociated throughout <laughs> that period of time when people were talking about she's it. She's also in Crazy Rich Asians. Ah, hey, gosh. <laughs> so she's like the lead, the woman getting married, I guess. I haven't seen that movie either because Aquafina. Yeah. Fucking Aquafina. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot with her. Oh. If you don't understand why we don't like Aquafina, <laughs> you're not paying attention but or you also, don't know who aquafina is or you don't which know is who valid. aquafina is you, and there's no real reason to <laughs> it's like she's this asian woman who puts on a black culturally appropriate culturally appropriative african american black scent and a lot like african american vernacular uh, english yeah just yeah, she she wants to be black so bad, yeah. and she built her career on on acting black. But then she gets up at a um, at her award show, and all of a sudden, like she, black scent disappears, and you know she's mm-hmm. she's not wearing her usual like beanie and like baggy clothes, and like obviously like streetwear, like street yeah. yeah, like she's she in can this, clean it up real quick, clean it up real quick, and it's just. It 
it's just deeply exploitive and offensive. Like, it's a caricature that she decided to portray and that she's been rewarded for. Right. So, fuck Aquafina. But aside from that, Constance Wu, <laughs> <laughs> like, she came to Cheetahs, the same Cheetahs that fired all of their employees and decided to do research for Hustlers there, where she hung out with one of my friends, who I won't name just to protect their identity, but essentially, she used my friend as a consult for Hustlers, and I don't think that my friend got adequately compensated. And there's a scene in Hustlers where Constance Wu's character like learns how to give a lap dance, and Cardi B is on her lap. And that whole scene was taken verbatim from an interaction that she had with my friend. And of course, my friend is not getting you know credits, like writing credits for that, or inspiration credits, or, you know, any kind special of... Special thanks at the end? Special thanks at the end. No residual payments for her time or for her tools. And also Constance was like, uh, I, I took uh, pulled classes from, um, from a pole teacher. I should have taken it from a stripper. It's like, no shit. No shit you should have taken pole classes from a stripper if you're going to portray a stripper in a movie. Like, what these pole classes are doing is very different than what strippers do they are you know derivative but if you are playing a stripper in a movie it makes no sense to take classes from a pole tantrum. it shows it really shows it i didn't watch hustlers mm-hmm. but i just i saw j-lo's scene oh and i'm God, like what J-Lo, the hell what is she is doing? going on in it here was so like bad it was her dancing is just really just like rubbing money on her face yeah and she's wearing like a little oh fugly outfit yes. like and she like puts <laughs> she's she like, puts oh, okay so a dollar wait. bill in her mouth she puts <laughs> a dollar bill in her mouth <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Why is money always like sh- like the like like they just took like like they just took it out of the ATM? <laughs> I don't know about you, but <laughs> Yeah, that better be like crumpled and but have it's a little like, bit of mu- like it's blood. It's never on it. so it's never the freshest <laughs> bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. It's At least not. it has a fold from there. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, all the fucking people who are like flicking it at you in all kinds of shapes and stuff. It's and it like... never rains money. <laughs> like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it's always like raining money. It's like, usually it's. You can, it's... I've, I've have experienced rain. <gasps> Where? Yeah. Where's the rain? I mean, it just. Uh, different strip clubs i mean i've, I've yeah. also had it like rain from above too because like somebody was on a balcony and they threw it down oh, so that also works well that as rain nice. it's pretty cool it's definitely pretty cool i have tried to make it rain and instead i just hurtled a wad of white <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, i felt so in my experience like you need one of the guns you have to like fan it out or you have to have the money gun or you just have to have a really great wrist and you have to have multiple you need to like have like five or six money guns for it to like really give that good yeah. anyway it just it, they just it make it technique. seem like it rains all the time in like and these it doesn't. movies it doesn't no, no. <laughs> exactly like the way that the strip club is like uh, like after the financial crisis where it's like hardly anything and like that's more of a normal strip club that I know yeah. <laughs> it's like you're gonna try and hustle really hard for four dollars on stage <laughs> yeah but anyway aside from that you know Give credit to strippers. Constance should definitely do better. She also, like, uh, my friend got a picture with her in character and um, was like, oh, hey, can I, like, post this? And she was like, okay, like, just wait until, like, after the premiere. 
like, and then, you know, the premiere happened, and then she's like, okay, just wait until it's, like, out across the country, and then you can post it, and then whenever it was finally out, she was like, actually, I would rather you didn't post it, or if you do, just don't tag me in it. Whoa. It's like, how much distancing did she want to do? She literally paid, or she literally, like, played a stripper in a movie, like... Wouldn't that, uh, again, again, as a, like... As a person who's made a film. <laughs> like, like first off, not getting credit. Not giving credit. Like, not giving credit. I, even in the photos that I've taken, like, mm-hmm. with or of people, like, I give the utmost credit. I gave credit to, like, my friend who was, like, letting me borrow her, like, yes. <laughs> her, like whatever the fuck. Because guess what? Without those people... It would have never happened. It would have never been as bomb as it was, and it would never been as as creative as it was. Like, like, and like, wouldn't you want to go to like the source of the creativity? Wouldn't you want to go to the well that is, yeah, the you know, yeah. the birthplace of it all? Like, why wouldn't why? why? Yeah, it why? sounds like she did go, and she's just like pretending she didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I am the birthplace the now. Thing- <laughs> And the, the, and the other thing is, like, she she like was trying to learn how to give lap dances and stuff, so she got my friend's help. But then she only gave lap dances to her friends. She never gave it to a stranger. And mm. I'm just like, how do you know what it's like to be a stripper Mm-mm. until you give a lap dance to some rando person that you've never met? You know, like yeah. until you really put yourself there, like you don't fucking know. Right. Well, anyway, we gotta kind of take a little pause for a quick commercial break. Hi everyone, so it is Clover, but now I am clairvoyant Clover because I'm going to be doing tarot readings for you. Um, Also mixed with some astrology, those things kind of intermingle for me. Um, I'm starting with fire signs and I'll do a different set of signs per week. So fire signs because it's Leo season and belated happy birthday to my Leos out there. Um, And then... Next, I'll be doing earth signs, but um, this is going to be a love reading. I've got two decks for just overall what's going to be coming in the next month, and then I've got advice cards. Um, So, yeah, with that being said, I'm just going to go in um, because it's kind of, it's not a lot. It looks pretty good. Um, So, firstly, we've got the king of pentacles, the lovers, the three of wands, the eight of cups, the Ace of Wands and the Tower. This is from the first deck. And then in the second deck, there's the Lovers, the Hierophant, the Three of Pentacles, the Page of Swords, the Two of Pentacles, and the Tower. So instantly what's interesting is that I see parallels between these two decks. They both start with the Lovers and then end with the Tower. And then we have this Earth sign figure here, being the King of Pentacles and the Hierophant. So more clearly distinctive like this could be um a taurus but um that's because the hierophant is uh represented by taurus or would it be the other way around um astrologically they're connected that's what the hierophant is and then the king of pentacles pentacles are all um earth energy just like wands are fire cups are water and swords are air um, pentacles are earth because it's coin. <laughs> Some people would call this the king of coins. Um, so 
We have this earth sign here that you all may be dealing with. If it's not an earth sign, then it's someone that has all of these sorts of qualities. So kind of um, stability, sensuality, practicality, uh, sort of a seriousness and um, like focused, sustaining energy. Um, someone who might look at relationships as like an investment, like of time and energy and oh and sometimes even like monetary uh but yeah so this earth sign or person embodying earth energy is kind of coming back from your past for a lot of you um because in the overall energy i do have the judgment card the judgment card for me is always about because of the imagery of this angel like bringing people back from the dead it's kind of about bringing a situation back from the dead so returning to a situation um and so this is actually like not a bad time for this throughout february march april may june and july um and then i think even maybe in a little bit into August. No, I think it was just July. Um, it's been a really bad time for love and romance. So starting in February, I think around the 6th, we had Juno um, station retrograde. Um, and this is the asteroid of commitment, long-term commitments, marriage. So um, for a lot of people, there was like this questioning of sort of the structures around relationships, what they want in relationships, and... Um, sort of like this desire for freedom and to break free from any restrictions. Um, conclusions that you come to in retrograde are not always what they seem and they're somewhat illusory, transitory of the moment. This is how we have people getting back together with exes in Mercury retrograde um, and Venus retrograde. It's just sort of like not a time for great judgment, but it is a time for um, kind of still evaluating um, the things that you want out of life. Um, whatever life area it is. So this kind of manifested for a lot of people in breakups where people suddenly decided that they um, wanted uh, something else. There was something about a relationship that they may have like um, perceived as restrictive in some way and decided that they wanted to break free. Immediately um, going into this, we had also Mercury retrograde, so a lot of... Uh, kind of like, I kind of want to call it stagnant in a way, thought if you're not super observant in this time, people can kind of like fall back on old thought patterns or run into like walls basically. And then we had um, a Venus station retrograde in May, which was around when Juno finally left retrograde. Um, and Venus also... So Venus stayed retrograde until like the end of June, but the shadow period lasted until the end of July. So um, everything that happened from like the start of May until the end of July was also additionally um, very like illusory, I would say, because we did have Neptune squaring Venus. So Neptune squaring Venus is like um, the planet ruling... Um, illusions, secrets, everything done 
kind of in the shadows, the subconscious or the unconscious, um, dreams, spirits. It's all of that sort of nebulous energy um, of Neptune being at odds with Venus, the planet of like love, beauty, materials, and um, self-worth, things like that. So there were a lot of illusions, especially in the area of love throughout um, May until the end of July, because this happened twice, like at the start and at the end of all of this. So um, a lot of people did go into relationships um, or deal with their relationships from a point of lack of clarity and um, misperception. There was a lot of either fantasizing and like acting on fantasies, like creating um, false realities about like a person or um, also just sort of like, um, it could have been in a less romantic way where there were ways that like people's actions got misconstrued and completely misunderstood and people like did um break off from partners for those reasons basically but coming out of this there's been this like point of clarity um that a lot of people are getting so everything was kind of at a standstill is what i'm going to say at that point where um there wasn't a lot of like understanding of like the reality of the situation um and so it was a really good time for like um clearing karma or anything with like exes or just like um i guess revisiting situations just to have sort of like a dreamy time um or even just like getting involved in sort of something that's like a fling but um Moving forward, now we are just dealing with like a Mars retrograde in Aries from all the way like end of June until February. So it's a really interesting time because Mars is usually just staying in one sign for about a month, um, more or less. And so we're really going to be sitting with this sort of aggressive energy. That's a whole other story and it's a lot less related to love, but dealing with all of these situations that may have arisen during this like very confusing time romantically um, and materially, given that Venus also rules over materials, like um, coming out of this, there's like a level of aggression and um, intensity. And it looks like this person is coming at you kind of from that energy. There's a sort of like rush in type of feeling. For an earth sign, they're moving quickly. I got the emperor um, in an underlying energy, like this is at the top of the deck. So this person's being clear and decisive. They have things that they want to say. They have air they want to clear with you. Um, what I'm seeing from your past is that you all may have rushed into this situation without much forethought. And this caused things to be um, kind of like a little bit fake in a way. There were, wasn't an actual foundation um, for you all to be building on. And so there's this tower moment that happens um, at the end of your relationship. And um, especially for an earth sign going into something without a lot of forethought, they're the most like hesitant people. So rushing into something, they get cold feet really easily and they want to pull back. Um, 
and maybe even like backpedal on like things that they promised or said because they don't really want to just like um be involved in something that they're not certain will actually be worth the time investment so um they do see the value of your relationship together because in my underlying energy from one deck, I have the Ten of Pentacles and Justice side by side. This is kind of like, okay, Earth signs are really like wild because they're just like really, uh, it's like all or nothing in a sense. Like this is the marriage cards like side by side. The Ten of Pentacles has like an old couple sitting in front of like their estate. They have a dog. They have all the coins that they can possibly have. Um, and then justice is all about uh, contracts and legalities. So this is kind of like very literal, but this is kind of what they um, would prefer you all would be heading towards kind of or something that's like of that magnitude of commitment or investment. Um, and the Ten of Wands follows this. So where they may have been um, less energetic and less... Uh, committed to um, putting in the actual work for this relationship, they're ready to come back, revisit the situation and put in that effort because they do kind of like see that this could have been a lot more than they were chalking it up to be. If you all broke up during the retrograde period, then it is a really good chance that you will like come back to settle all of the issues um, that had happened then because like a lot of those were illusory or just like very specific to that time. Um, coming back together after retrograde period breakups is very common actually. So, um, and then finally there's the judgment card that I was talking about earlier. Then additionally from the underlying energies of the other deck, there's destiny, the sun, the five of wands and the four of wands. So um, it's all about coming back into this equilibrium, getting a lot of clarity on any points of contention and settling into this phase of happiness and delight. The Four of Wands is usually like a married couple, once again, like earth signs with their seriousness, like it's just um, zero to 100. But um, yeah, it's just like coming into that sort of happiness, celebratory, like togetherness that's the ultimate goal here. So they want to talk about sort of building a proper foundation with you and taking things slowly and doing a lot of um, like uh, putting a lot of care into this. It, it ties into the advice that I have for you. I've got El Corazón and El Diablito along with La Maceta. So um, there's a lot of you all need to kind of access your heart space and do a lot of healing. Whatever may have happened between you all, it's time to kind of um, like bring it to surface, bring it to surface with the person because they are looking to have this conversation about all of that. Um, they want to tear down all of the towers that you all may have built brick by brick and kind of like look at what each tower is actually made of. So that way you can build something properly this time. Um, La Maceta, it's a potted plant. Um, there, there are roses like blooming from it. And um, it brings to mind that quote about um, love, which is like, love is like a garden. And this is implying that it's not just something that sits beautifully on its own, but it requires a lot of tending. You need to prune water, ensure like sunlight and shade, um, re-fertilize, repot. This 
plant is not going to um, sustain itself. And so um, going from like El Diablito, that place of negativity and coming into like a place of openness and remembering that this thing that may have looked like it was wilting um, or like that it was being consumed by like bugs or something, um, with a little tending it could blossom into something beautiful and you could actually grow some buds this time. Um, so that's kind of what I have for you all. So look out for this person coming back. It's actually not a bad time for it right now. And, um, going forward, just like make sure that you all have everything straight. This person's very practical and also I see very earnest and dedicated. So, um, they seem like a good person and I really hope for the best for you all. Um, and I will be talking to earth signs in another week much love um from at little underscore four leaf four is a numeral so hit me up for personal readings um i also do astrology um solar returns anything so um ttyl we would be lying if we said we didn't like bread even celiacs probably enjoy bread deep down inside but can't fully partake of that weedy, yeasty goodness because of a crippling autoimmune disease triggered by gluten proteins. But celiacs aside, we all love bread. From ducks, to dogs, to human babies. What's the best part of bread? Obviously the middle. Maybe you grew up with a parent like mine who lied to you and told you that all the nutrients hung out in the crust. That is a complete fabrication. You can enjoy just as many nutrients only eating the middle. We cut out all of the unpleasant parts of eating bread and left you just the middle. Just the middle is like an uncrustable sandwich without the overwhelmingly excessive addition of peanut butter and jelly. It's just that delicious soft bread with a touch of vegan butter and salt to enhance that naturally wholesome flavor. No more cutting away the crust. No more holding your nose, eating crust while you wait for the best part of bread. Choose just the middle for a better bread experience. And we're back. All right, everybody. Well, this has been a really fantastic episode. And um, Sandy, where can we find you? On the web? In the world? Just ask around. Perfect. Where can we find you, Corey? You can find me at the goddess Corey on Instagram and Twitter, but I'm not really on Twitter. Um, on yeah, just find me there. There's links there. Venmo, can, PayPal. Venmo at hcore, PayPal s p c o r i. Um, yeah, send me money. Dope. I am Selena the Stripper. A phone is currently going off somewhere. Who knows where it is? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can follow this podcast at How in the Know. Uh, you can uh, support me on Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. That's where all of my writing is. And um, I finally finished my third Tantra session. And we did some inner pelvic work, and I had an orgasm on a table, and we're going to talk about it at some point. <laughs> so, That's so exciting. So uh, get ready. It's really exciting. Um, so yeah, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. 
Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money. 